How many times in life have you made good resolutions with the best of intentions, only to find you're unable to follow through and keep them? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 17 of Chagiga. And we learn that you must never give up on those resolutions. There's a way to fulfill them by creating a subset. Think of those resolutions not as things that need to be completed and fulfilled today, but as aspirations that demonstrate who you truly are. Welcome to the Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Harissa today. I like to begin with a story. Did I ever mention that I learned in the mirror? It's not on my resume, but it's true. Actually, anyone who's learned in Yeshiva and Eretz Yisrael knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's a rite of passage during your Yeshiva gap year. One Shabbos afternoon, you wander down to the Mirror Yeshiva in Jerusalem to check out the most famous Yeshiva in the world. You then pull a safer off the shelf and spend half an hour learning in the mirror. That way, when anyone, a euphemism for the Shadchan, asks, you can respond in the affirmative. Of course I learned in the mirror. Let's look at today's Gemara. Rabbi Laza quoted Rabbi Oshia. From where is it derived that missed Shavuos offerings may still be brought all seven days following the festival? As it is stated on the festival of Pesach and on the festival of Shavuos and on the festival of Sukkot. The verse compares the festival of Shavuos to the festival of Pesach. Just as one can make up the missed offering on the festival of Pesach on all seven days of the festival, so too on the festival of Shavuos one can make up the missed offering of Shavuos for a period of seven days. But why not instead analogize it to the festival of Sukkot? Just as the missed offering of Sukkot can be made up for all eight days, so too may the missed offering of Shavuos be made up to eight days. Tefasta Maruba lo tefasta. Says the Gemara, if you grasped a lot, you did not grasp anything. If you grasped a little, you grasped something. Explains Rashi, if you grasped much, you did not grasp anything. Any situation that you find two approaches, one that may grasp a lot and one that may grasp a little, it is better to grasp for the smaller amount. For if you were able to grasp the greater amount and yet you grasp the smaller amount, your acquisition is a valid acquisition, for the greater amount contains the smaller amount. But if you were to grasp the greater amount and you were in fact only entitled to the smaller amount, the result is that you have acquired improperly. Let's analyze the Gemara. Every pilgrimage festival, we are obligated to come to the Holy Temple and to offer a sacrifice, ideally on the first day. If we didn't bring it on the first day of the festival, however, all is not lost. We may bring it any day of the festival. The problem is that Shavuos only has one day. Nevertheless, we have a tradition that equates Shavuos to the other two pilgrimage festivals and provides a tashlumim, a makeup period, during the week following the festival. That's why many communities don't recite Tachnun until a week later. The Gemara's question is, how many makeup days does Shavuos have? Do we analogize it to seven-day Pesach or eight-day Sukkot? The Gemara concludes that seven is a safer bet. After all, by allowing seven days, we haven't chosen Pesach over Sukkot, because Sukkot also has seven days of Tashlomin. While it may ultimately have eight, that doesn't mean it doesn't have seven, because seven is a subset of eight. The principle used by the Gemara to arrive at this conclusion is Tefasta Maruba, which states that not all choices in life are binary. 
Sometimes one choice is a subset of the other choice. And so when you make that choice, you're not negating the other choice, but you're affirming the other one because what you've said is still true. Let me give you an example. If I were to ask you which of the following statements is true, A, a day contains 24 hours, or B, a day contains 23 hours, which one would you tick? The answer is that both are correct, and we all know that. But how about if I were to ask you which of the following statements is true? A, a week contains 100 hours. B, a week contains 168 hours. Which one would you tick? If you had a minute to answer, you'd calculate that both are correct. But if you were on a game show and had to answer immediately, you'd be safer to respond with choice A. And the quiz master would have to mark your answer correct because you were right. A week does contain 100 hours. It does indeed contain an additional 68 hours, but that doesn't negate the truth of the first contention. Let's apply to Fasta Maruba to our service of heaven. At various points in our lives, we are awakened with a passion to become closer to Hashem. We're so inspired that we take a spiritual leap forward in our heavenly service. The risk of such a jump, though, is that we won't be able to sustain the intensity of our new position. But there is a way to accomplish our extraordinary spiritual goals while at the same time ensuring that they're sustainable. If you're feeling overwhelmed by everything you've taken upon yourself, don't give up. Instead, ask yourself what the minimum commitment might be that would still meet the promised dedication. Let's start with a couple of Torah study examples based on different stages of spiritual growth. Here's the first. Let's say you've decided you want to become well-versed in the entire Torah. Now that's quite the pledge. People sit for years in yeshiva and kolal to accomplish that objective, but they're the elite of our people. Most of us simply will not achieve that, especially if we're only able to allocate a couple of hours a day to our learning. And so it's tempting to give up and quit the project. But don't quit yet. Because Torah means the entire corpus of our Masorah tradition, but Torah also refers to Chamisha Chumshe Torah, the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. The Chumash is called the Torah in the context of Torah, Nevi'im, and Kesuvim. The Torah, the prophets, and the, and the writings. And so you can become well-versed in the Torah by increasing your commitment to learning Chumash with the classic commentators, including Rashi, Ramban, and Arachayim. Make that your immediate goal. Once you've accomplished that, you'll be well on your way to your next Torah mastery objective. Here's another example. Maybe you've dreamt of becoming Baki Bashas, a Talmudic expert. It's a task that very few people actually attain, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. The problem is that most people give up when they realize how difficult it actually is. So how about the following solution? Start with one tractate and become Baki, an expert in Shas. Learn that Masechta well, review it constantly, and you will be Baki Bashas. The reason we don't think in those terms is because Bikiyas expertise is used to refer to covering a lot of Talmudic ground quickly. But that's not necessarily the way to become a baki, an expert. In each of these examples, you are able to fulfill your commitment and dream. Torah, meaning Chumash, is a subset of Torah, meaning everything. And your expertise in one tractate is a subset of expertise in the entire Talmud. Tafasta marubal lo tafasta, tafasta muat tafasta. If you grasped a lot, you didn't grasp anything. If you grasped a little, you grasped something. 
Let's try some other examples. Take the young idealist who has set out to save the planet. Such a gargantuan dream is reminiscent of the adage attributed to the Kotzka Rebbe. When I was young, I thought I could change the world. As I got a little older, I thought I could at least change my countrymen. As I continued to mature, I realized that I'd be lucky if I could change the folks in my town. Now, with the wisdom of age and experience, I acknowledged I'd be doing well if I was simply able to change myself. Saving the planet isn't something most of us can achieve. And so it's tempting, as one matures, to dismiss the goal as youthful dreaming. But it needn't be that way. You can save the planet. Every plate you choose to wash rather than using disposable plasticware saves the planet. Every time you switch off your car engine while you're waiting to pick up your kid from soccer practice saves the planet. Have you single-handedly solved the crises around rising ocean levels and the environmental effects of fossil fuel burning? Obviously not. No single individual ever has and no single individual ever will. But have you saved the planet? Absolutely. Likewise, maybe you had youthful dreams of ending child poverty. Is that possible to accomplish? Sure is. Go and find just one child from an underprivileged family inside or outside the community. Believe it or not, there are poor people in your community whose children aren't given all the opportunities that you've been able to bestow upon your own children, such as daily hot meals, new yomtiff suits and dresses three times a year, let alone a Jewish day school education and summer camp. Take one child out of poverty. Be that physical or spiritual poverty and give them the blessings and opportunities that they've not had the chance to enjoy in their lives. Lo and behold, you've fulfilled your dream of ending child poverty. Let's return to our discussion of Hachlatas Tovis, good resolutions, regarding ritual observance. Maybe you resolve to daven with Kavana with greater focus. No longer will you be the first in shul to take your three steps backwards at Oseh Shalom. Gone are the days of mumbling your way through Psuke to Zimra, the verses of praise as you think about the previous night's football game. You're pumped. Your davening is going to be unbelievable, and indeed it is on day one. It's pretty good still on day two, but by day three it's all just become way too intense. It's pretty tempting to just throw in the towel and accept that davening's just not going to be your mitzvah that you excel in. And why does it have to be? You're pretty committed to learning Torah every day and your Shabbos table is always filled with guests that nobody else seems to want to invite over. Don't quit. Just recall your original resolution. You pledged that going forward, you were going to daven with Kavana. Well, guess what? If you take it upon yourself to focus on every single word of Baruch Sha'amar, just that one paragraph, you fulfilled your resolution. You're now davening with Kavana. Reciting Baruch Sha'amar with Kavana is a subset of davening your entire tefillah, your entire prayer with Kavana. What did you think of my story about learning in the mirror? You probably found it ridiculous. But when you think about it, it has a little merit. If these yeshiva bachrim wouldn't be touring the Miri yeshiva on Shabbos afternoon, what do you think they'd be doing? Having a little more chalant, perhaps? Or maybe wandering aimlessly through the streets of the old city to pass the long summer Shabbos? Or for some in their gap year, maybe even sports and other activities, carryovers from their days in high school? But instead, this Shabbos, they've decided to learn in the mirror. Did it count as having learnt in the mirror? I would say so. What takes place when the yeshiva boy wanders in for what appears to be bragging rights is that he's now accomplished a subset of learning in the mirror. Right now, he might not quite be ready for it. 
But the fact that the experience is meaningful to him implies that he venerates and perhaps even aspires to learn in the mirror. And that's the common denominator in all of these examples. Our commitments and pledges in life are indicative of our aspirations and dreams. You might not be able to fulfill them in their entirety today, but that doesn't make them impossible. It's not all or nothing. Strip down and distill the idea in its most basic form and maintain that commitment. Once you have that mastered, you'll find yourself able to slowly expand the definition and contours of your pledge. May you find small and manageable ways to keep all of your resolutions until one day you've grown to be able to fulfill and exceed even your most magnificent dreams. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.